Is there a Jezebel looming over there, over you? Is there someone or something that is taking your focus away from Christ? Welcome to this episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. You know, there's times in life where our circumstances can be so overwhelming that it takes our focus off of Christ. Today, Kevin Martin, who is our field rep and assistant camp director, will be leading us in a devotion from 1 Kings chapter 19, where we will look at the life of Elijah and the consequences that were his in forgetting that the Lord was in charge and that he needed to be focused on him and not his problems. So let's join Kevin now as he leads in this devotion. It's a privilege of mine to share with you guys from God's Word this, uh, either this morning or the evening, whenever you guys find yourself listening to this. And uh, I thought what I would share with you this morning would come from 1 Kings chapter 19. And just kind of a context or reminder for some of you guys of what's going on here. Elijah has just challenged the people of Israel with a question. Uh, he's confronted the prophets of Baal. And uh, he's asked them, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. And that's kind of a challenge for myself. Um, Hopefully a challenge for you guys this morning is, do you have an idol in your life that you are putting before God? And you might say, well, Kevin, I, I don't worship statues, I don't worship trees or, or other things, but maybe you're worshiping the God of entertainment or power or money, uh, reputation, maybe people. Uh, and, and just ask the question, is Yahweh your God? And so if you have your Bible or if you're able to open a Bible, uh, let's turn to First Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 3, and I'll just read that for us. It says, Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and even more, if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And he was afraid and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. And left his servant there. When I was reading through this, this first few verses here in chapter 19 about Elijah and, and running, I was reminded of, of a story uh, about my, my parents' dog. They, they have a Yorkie. His name is Emet, uh, which means truth in Hebrew. And uh, so he, he can't be more than eight, ten pounds. He's a little thing. Uh, but he loves people, and, and he loves doing whatever you're doing. And this one particular time, uh, it was deer season, and uh, here in the hill country, when it's deer season, we, we don't really have to hunt. <laughs> There's deer everywhere. And so uh, this, this time, uh, there was a deer outside, and I think we just opened the window, shot the deer, and um, Emmett knew. Emmett knew, because he knows these things, right? Uh, and he wanted to go out with us, and so we took him outside to go look at this deer. It was a, it was a big buck, eight-point buck, and uh, as he was going with us, he, he 
discovered the deer. He saw it and started sprinting towards it, and, and he ran towards the deer, and he ran circles around it, and then he would back up and, and uh, scratch his feet against the, the dirt and rake up all the dirt and, and then start growling, and then he did the weirdest thing. He ran behind me and started kind of whimpering, and, and in my mind, I'm like, what are you doing? First of all, he's, he's like a big rat, or he's not a real dog. I don't know. He's, he's a Yorkie, right? And, and he's acting all tough, and then all of a sudden, he runs away from this deer. And in my mind, I think, Emmett, the deer is dead. <laughs> what, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're, you're running from, from a dead deer. It's, it's been defeated already, right? There's, you don't have to be afraid. And, and here, I see Elijah running from a defeated enemy. Elijah just had one of the biggest victories of his life in front of King Ahab and, and the 400 prophets of Baal, and now he's running. He's running from Ahab and Je- uh, Jezebel. And uh, Jezebel, for, for those of y'all who might not remember who she is, uh, is Ahab's wife. She's the queen, and she's a worshiper of Baal. 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 22 says she's a witch. Uh, she's not a woman of God. She's of Satan. And I believe that, th- that there might not be a more evil woman in, in the Bible. And so Ahab gets home, and he gives the news that Elijah has just killed all the prophets of Baal. And I'm sure that didn't go over well with, with a wife who's, who's a witch who worships Baal. And he comes into the house and, and says, hey, uh, do, you, do you remember those, those 400 prophets? Well, uh, Elijah killed them all, right? And, and we see that, that Jezebel didn't react very well to this, right? She, she immediately sends a messenger to go tell Elijah, hey, if uh, you're still alive tomorrow, may the gods do uh, this and more to me, right? And so now Elijah has a little problem. A witch is threatening his life, right? Uh, that's a little problem in his life. Scripture tells us that Elijah, the man of God, was afraid arose and ran for his life. Why is he running? Why is Elijah running? And when I read this, and of course it's easier just to read something, uh, I see that he's running from a defeated enemy, an enemy that God's already proven to him, hey, I am God. Yahweh is God. Elijah's name means that. Yahweh is God, and, and God has shown him over the last three years of his life, I can provide for you. And that I am God. And yet, here he is running for his life from Jezebel. Is there someone or something that is taking your focus away from Christ? And for some of you, that, that may mean a, a TV show. It could be something that, that you're watching and, and you come to find out, well, this, this, isn't, this isn't really God honoring or this is taking my focus away from God. Maybe it's the news. Uh, maybe you need to shut off the news for a little bit. Uh, maybe it's a comment that someone made or a post that someone posted on, on the internet, and that has just taken your focus away from the Lord. And if we're honest, it, it, it doesn't take much for our focus to be taken away from the Lord. But if your focus is off of Jesus and on something else, then you will live from something other than what you were created for and from. Right? You will not live from God. From Christ, you will live from self. And I believe that's kind of what's going on here with Elijah. Is his focus has been taken off of the Lord and been put on himself. And because it's on himself, he is scared. And, and Kelly has reminded us over and over and over in this podcast 
fix your eyes on Jesus. Keep fixed on Jesus. And that word fix means uh, to turn away from all else. We are to live uh, by faith fixed on Jesus. Elijah, the man of God, is fixed on his problem and living in fear because the object of his faith has switched from the greater Jesus Christ to the lesser himself. So let's continue reading here in verses 4 through 8. What happens after he gets up and and runs? It says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. He lay down and slept under a juniper tree, and behold, there was an angel touching him. And he said to him, Arise, eat. Then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. So just to repeat something that I had said earlier, Elijah's name means Yahweh is my God. But here we, we have God's man requesting to die. He, he has let depression become his God. And, and I believe we can kind of look at a few reasons uh, why. Why a man of God may get so down that that he wants to die, that he is requesting that God take his life. And one of the first things that I think Scripture allows us to see is is that he's just exhausted, right? We we see in the chapter before this that Elijah, or a couple of chapters before this, that Elijah's been living off bread and water uh, and a little bit of meat. Uh, He's been provided for through birds. He's been provided for through a woman who thought she was going to die. Uh, and then he's asked to stand before a king to build an altar. And then at the end of, of chapter 18, he's run uh, 12 to 17 miles, depending on, on who you ask, uh, to Jezreel. And, and I, I think about that, just even the last part about running, uh, the 12 to 17 miles. I would be exhausted after that. And yet he is, he's done all these other things on top of that. And, and then on, on top of the running, the distance, it says that he outran Ahab to the city. And Ahab was in a chariot. I don't know if the chariot got stuck in some mud or, or what happened there, but he outran a chariot. And then it says he goes on a day's journey into the wilderness, sits down under a juniper tree. Elijah is, I believe, he's physically exhausted at this point. And, and I believe he's probably emotionally exhausted as well. And I believe he's exhausted most of all uh, because his, his focus has shifted from God to himself. And, and I believe that because in the chapters before this, we see that God supplies for Elijah in every task that he's given him, everywhere he has sent him. And, and this should be no different. It should be no different for Elijah. And it should be no different for us when God calls us to do the things that he wants us to do because he's going to supply for us. In Philippians, he says that he will supply for us. But without God's supply, Elijah can go no further. And he says, it's enough now, O Lord. 
take my life, for I am not better than my father's. And, you know, I, I read this and, and I see that Elijah, he, he's a man of God. And even men of God, women of God, can get depressed. But just because you're depressed, just because you're down, it doesn't mean you're no longer a man of God. It doesn't mean that you're no longer a woman of God. Elijah was still a man of God. He just wasn't acting like a man of God. He's hit rock bottom, despite seeing miracle after miracle in his life and seeing one of the greatest victories in the Bible over evil. He's hit rock bottom. Have you hit rock bottom? I believe uh, he's, he's at the bottom because he's looking at the bottom. He's looking at Elijah the Tishbite. He is looking at himself, and Elijah the Tishbite is the bottom. Kevin the Asian is the bottom, right? We are the bottom. But Scripture reminds us not to look to ourselves, not to look at the bottom, but to keep fixed on Jesus, to keep fixed on the things above. In Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 28 through 29, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So God, uh, in his mercy and his grace, comes and, and I believe uh, the pre-incarnate Christ meets Elijah here. God's answer to Elijah's problem is himself. He comes to Elijah. And one of the first things that he addresses is uh, his physical need. He supernaturally makes a bread cake and gives him a jar of water. Does that sound familiar to you guys? <laughs> that's, that's what Elijah's been living off of for the last at least couple of years. And so uh, he makes another bread cake and, and gives him another jar of water. You're welcome, Elijah. Another miracle for you, right? And, and so he gives him food, he gives him water, and then Elijah takes a rest. He takes a nap. And, and y'all, sometimes that's what we need. We need sometimes to just simply take a break. We need to take a rest. Uh, we, we get so caught up in, in our jobs. We get so caught up in, in events going on, activities, and we just have to go, 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 right? And we, and we never take time to rest. Because while we are uh, spiritual beings, we're also physical beings, and, and we need to rest. Um, and so Elijah here, he's not resting in the Lord spiritually, and he's not resting physically. And, and right now, the Lord uh, addressed this physical need of, of providing uh, bread and water. And then Elijah takes a nap. And then at the end of that, it says that he arose, he ate and drank, and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Again, a- another miracle. I don't know how he can eat uh, some bread and drink some water and then go 40 days and 40 nights traveling to the mountain of God. Uh, but, he, but he does, and it's a miracle, and the Lord's sustaining him here. Uh, and we pick up here in verse 9, and it says, Then he came there to a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, 
For the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So he said, Go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and strong wind was rendering the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And then he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Elijah is now at the mountain of God, uh, and he's in the presence of God. And I believe that this is exactly what God's people need to do whenever we face a Jezebel in our life. We need to run to Jesus. We need to run to God. But what we really want to do, instead of running to God, we want to go to the darkest corner in the loneliest place and be by ourselves. And we want to give ourselves advice about our problems, about the people that are annoying us, about the, the, the big problems in our life, whether that has to do with, with finances or relationships, whatever it may be, we want to get by ourselves in the darkest corner and we want to work things out by talking to ourselves, having a conversation with ourselves about how bad things are and then receive advice from ourselves, even though we're the ones who are down. And, and I think that that's one of the worst things that we can do. And I catch myself doing that talking to myself about these things. And I believe Scripture reminds us over and over and over, go back to God's Word. Run to Jesus. Don't look to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. Listen to what God has to say. First, about who He is and who you are in Christ. Run to Jesus. And here, at the mountain of God, God asks Elijah a question. He says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And I believe that, that God is giving Elijah a chance just to be open, to be, to be honest. And not for God's sake, because God knows. God knows what Elijah's been through. God knows what Elijah's feeling. Uh, but for Elijah's sake, he's allowing him some time to talk. And sometimes I believe we do need to hear for ourselves just how self-centered we've become. And, and here, Elijah says, I've been zealous for the Lord, very zealous for the Lord. I alone am left and they seek my life to take it away. So Elijah here, he's telling the Lord, I'm, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. And he is. A witch has threatened his life. So Elijah is a victim of a, of a death threat by a witch. It doesn't get much worse than that. I hope none of you ever have to face something like that. But here, Elijah is the victim of a death threat. Uh, and you may be a victim of an injustice or a wrongdoing. But I don't believe we're to let ourselves be controlled by our victimhood. 
Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 reminds us to take every thought captive to the obedience of the Lord, the obedience of Christ. Uh, But Elijah has, has allowed himself to come under a victim mentality. And he's made life about himself. He's made life about himself. Uh, and I believe that because he's made life about himself, that's why he's, why he's scared and he's running from Jezebel, who's a defeated enemy. But God, in his mercy and grace, he's, he's taken Elijah to the woodshed. He's taken him to the mountain. And uh, I believe he's divinely kind of slapped Elijah around a little bit. And he's allowed Elijah to experience all these extremes, the, the wind, the earthquake, the fire. Uh, but he was in none of them. He was not in them. But after this big display, a gentle breeze comes by and God speaks. God speaks God's word. and reminds Elijah, I'm here. I'm here. And just like that breeze, God's with us. Right? Are you more occupied with the Jezebel in your life, with your circumstances? with the spectacular, than with the daily presence of God in his word. Because when you get more occupied with yourself, you will forget about God. And when you forget about God, you're going to forget about his word. And when you forget about God and his word, you will fall into the lie that you alone are left. And that's simply not true. That is simply not true. God steps in, and he gives Elijah a little bit more information here at the end. And he says, uh, Elijah, there are 7,000 people just like you who haven't bowed their knee to Baal. Elijah the Tishbite. He's reminding Elijah, hey, you are not alone. You are not alone. And that's a reminder for us today that we are not alone. First, God is with us. God is with us. God has given you himself. God has also given you and me his word. And last of all, he has given us his people. You are not alone. Do you have a Jezebel in your life that has sucked the joy and peace right out? Are you exhausted? Do you feel, do you feel alone? Let me, let me close with a verse from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It says this. It says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And y'all, that, that is a promise of God from God's word in Christ that he will never leave us, never forsake us, and he will be with us until the end of the age. And it's a promise that we can bank on, a promise that Elijah could have looked to if he would have simply looked to God. And so that's my my challenge, my hope for you guys, my encouragement, is to simply look to Jesus, that he's there. He is available all the time, anytime, to simply look to him for our peace, for our strength, for our rest, and for our life. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast, featuring our host, Kelly Doherty and Kevin Martin. We hope this episode was encouraging to you and your heart. There is one week left in our fall 2022 term, and soon our students will be heading home for Christmas break. Please keep our student body in your prayers that their time at home would be good and fruitful and that they would return to us in January encouraged and ready to dive back into God's Word. Thanks again for listening to the His Hill Podcast this week. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ, alumni, and don't forget that you have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.